Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, well, I'm, uh, I'm excited about what God's doing around the world. This morning, we are going to be laying a foundation for upcoming revelation. In this foundational mix this morning, is uh, it will place us in a position. You know, the calling on our life is to cause God's people to rise up and take their rightful place. So when I'm studying and, and uh, preparing, I'm always cognitive of that fact. And whatever it is, when I'm studying and reading the scripture, seemingly, and it has been since I was called, when I involved, get involved in the scripture that pertains directly to this calling, it just kind of like flashes, I mean. So this morning is one of those places. So this morning, we're going to open up with this verse of scripture that I have in my notes, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> because after I kind of sealed this up this morning, I was uh, praying over this, and this verse of scripture continually keeps coming up, and so I'm going there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, this is a pure statement. It's a, a fact. You're either in or you're out. If, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature, a new creation. And that should be dwelled upon. And then the next statement should be dwelled upon equally. All things are passed away. Now, see, I've heard this preached over my lifetime, and the all things that were passed away were not the all things that were passed away. <laughs> it, was, it was something else, but it wasn't the all things that were passed away. And so we need to know what the all things that were passed away, and then we also need to know all things that become new. We need to know what those new things are. What is it? It's happened, but majority of Christian people do not actually take this serious. They're saved, they escaped hell, and they're happy. They're uninformed, they're restless, they have no peace, they can't find their way in the dark because there's not enough light in them. And the world's getting darker every day, and God's made provision for the body of Christ to walk in the light. But the body of Christ has to know what that light is. God's already turned your light on when you became a new creation. But you want the light to be brighter. And this is the whole point this morning. To recognize ourselves as who we really are, we need to get our lights turned up brighter. And the way you get your lights turned up brighter is the Word of God is the igniter. The Word of God is the fuel that causes the light to get brighter in an individual person's life. Now we can go over to Proverbs, verse 20. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. You want to know how God works. This is how God works. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, which would be equal to the, to the spirit. Now, there's another verse of Scripture that says that the Spirit is searching, and it's been misunderstood. It, it's, it's given as if it's the Holy Ghost searching God, but it's your Spirit 
searching you. Okay, your own spirit searching you. What is it knows a man but the spirit of man? Is that the one? Okay, your spirit knows you. Now we're going to approach a situation here that we've said many, many, many times in the past, but it's the factual and it's the truth. There's the application that causes these things to take place, and it's uh, words. Remember the old, uh, wasn't a riddle, but just an old saying when you were a child and people would make fun of you and call you names and stuff, you'd say, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie that ever came down the road. The sticks and stones will hurt you, and so will the words. And the words will hurt you more than the sticks and stones, and nobody understands it because they have no idea of the value of the words that are being said, and that's a lot where we're going this morning. Though the world today is getting darker every day, but God has made a way for the body of Christ to not have to walk in that darkness. We have to start separating ourselves from this condition of darkness. As long as you want a fellowship in the darkness, it ain't going to be, it's not going to be pleasant. Our job is to be there in the darkness, but not fellowship in the darkness. You know what I'm saying? We start lowering our standard all the time. That's why I said we need to be extreme. We start lowering our standard all the time to be accepted by the world. We're in bad trouble. You can't lift anybody up any higher than you are. And if you continually lower yourself down to their standard, you're not accomplishing anything. You're losing. They're winning. They've convinced you to be like them. You're supposed to be convincing them to be like you, and the supernatural is supposed to be your kicker. The supernatural is supposed to be the drawing card. You're supposed to be living in the supernatural world, not the natural world. But we haven't got that image of ourselves. This all hinges this morning on the image that you have of yourself. And you have to get that image. You have to receive that image from here. The image that God sees of you is vastly important to every believer. But the majority of believers in the world today, they have no idea because over the years and the centuries, the church has been lied to and they've accepted the lies. They've accepted the lies of who they are because when the idea of a relationship with God is the man upstairs or you're just an old sinner saved by grace, your image is distorted. And as long as your image is distorted to that degree, you couldn't walk by faith if you, if you wanted to. See, walking by faith is a reality. It should be a life. It should be an extreme life. Here's the part that has to be corrected to start on this journey, to get involved in this adventure, is you have to start seeing yourself as that new creature. See, it just told us in that verse of Scripture, something passed away, the old. What was the old thing that passed away? That old image passed away. Should have. You should have at least released it and let it go. You should have chose a new image because it's a new you. But most people do not choose the new image. They're a new creature with an old image. 
in themselves because they do not know what happened to them at redemption. They don't know what, went, what took place. They've, ne they've never spent the time. They've never taken the time to go into the Word of God to actually find out what really happened to them when they became the new creation or the new creature. And until a person really grasps that, it makes it difficult to rise up and take your rightful place in the body of Christ, I tell you. If we're going to have a Holy Ghost-centered life, and that's what we should have, we should move off the norm and get into the extreme. What do you mean by extreme, Pastor? You keep saying that. Well, we put God first. We put His Word first. We put the Holy Ghost first. We learn to allow our, our spirits to be led by the Holy Ghost, not by our natural mind. This is a learn. This is not, this doesn't just fall on you like fruit off of a tree. This has to be learned. This has to be something that's desired. This is, has to be something that's sought after. That's, that's the first uh, initial step that has to be taken. It has to be desired and sought after. It's just not going to happen. It's not accidentally. It has to be desired and sought after. Learning to yield through our spirits through the redemption process, the change comes to a person in their lifetime, and their spirits change by the power of God. So at the new, when the new creation showed up, that was the power of God at work in an individual's life because, as I like to say it, because it's easier to identify. There's lots of ways that it's being said, and they're right, but the way it's, I see, to make it simple, it's called spiritual death. Okay, every person after Adam was into spiritual death. Their spirits were dead. They were into spiritual death. Now, in that condition, here's what you have. The spirit is dead to God, has no connection. Lucifer's nature becomes that individual's nature, that person's nature. And that's how we all work. As the Apostle Paul describes it very well. Prior to the redemption, that's where we all were. Once redemption occurred in our life, once we became the new creation or the new creature, has been removed or spiritual death has been totally removed, never to return. It can't come back. Spiritual death is eliminated from that believer. And in that new creation, new creature, God's viewpoint of that person changes. And most people don't know that. Most people think that God's viewpoint of them is the old creation because that's what we've been taught. That's where we were a while ago, right over here. We've been taught this. We've been lied to and taught this. The sovereignty message is permeated with this, and so is all the sin-conscious beliefs that's the whole point of the sin conscious belief is to have you condemned, have you condemn yourself. It's easy to do for people who do not know how, who they are. But once you realize who you are, nobody can put condemnation on you because the Apostle Paul says in the first verse of the eighth chapter of Romans that therefore in those who are in the body of Christ, those who are the new creation, the new creature, there is no condemnation, and you can change that word and won't hurt it a bit by putting judgment there. 
That's what that means. There's no judgment for the new creation, the new creature. There's no judgment there. But see, we've been taught wrongly over the centuries and over the years by religious teachers who, for whatever the reason, there's lots of reasons, but for whatever the reason, they want to make a big separation between the pulpit and the pew. And so their idea was to condemn the pew, to get the people in the pew to, under condemnation so that they felt guilty all the time. And that guilt could only be relieved by the pulpit, which is a lie. There isn't any. You just allowed the wrong image to be projected inside of yourself. Wasn't supposed to be. It didn't have to be. It's not godly. And God didn't do it. We did it out of ignorance. The body of Christ did it because they didn't follow God's plan. They started following man's plan. You know what man's plan is? Religion. That's man's plan, religion. So the body of Christ starts following religion instead of God's plan. You can't get God's plan following religion. It isn't there. God's not in religion. So we're, we're still, you know, I'm using a term I can tell by looks on people's face. They don't understand what I'm saying when I say religion. Christianity isn't religion. Amen. So we could say it this way, but it would still be just as foggy. We could say anything but Christianity is religion and be right, but it wouldn't help us any. We haven't identified or we haven't narrowed the field enough. So the easiest thing that I can find to alleviate the problem is to change your image, our image of us. Start seeing ourselves as God the Father sees us. Now, we, we won't go through this this morning because it's, it's, I like it. I do it for myself. And go over to Genesis and see what God said. He said, let us create man in our own image. So here, image got started at the very beginning. He said, let's create man in our own image. The image, we're getting back to this image thing. Man, you want to know what God looks like? He looks like what man looks like. Some people have God 40 stories high. No, no, no. He said he created man in his own image. So you take the average man, and that would be God's image. It doesn't really. Yes, it does. I started to say it's not that important, but it is. It's important for us to get the proper perspective from the words that are said, because that's the whole point here. Words paint pictures, and that's how we operate. Our minds operate from pictures, and words paint these pictures, good, bad, or indifferent. This is why words can hurt you. If you allow the words to come into your mental facility, into your mind, if you allow words to come in to paint pictures that shouldn't be there, it's your fault. You're allowing it. You're allowing it. But you have to know in advance that words, that's what they do. And you can prove it to yourself. It's real simple to prove that how this descriptive term words paint pictures. You could use anyone's automobile here. We've never seen it. I wouldn't know what it looks like until you start telling me. The words that you say would paint pictures of your 
your vehicle, I would get an image of it in my mind, and the more details you gave me, I could go out in the parking lot and identify it without knowing anything about it. Why? Because that's how we work. That's how our minds are constructed, through pictures. Now, here's the problem here. We're not talking this morning about physical image, natural images, physical images. We're talking about spiritual images. Now, here's the thing. Spiritual images and natural images are running parallel inside of your mind. And so here's our choices. We have to choose because old things pass away. The old creature didn't have a choice. The only images he could get was natural images because he's not connected to God. Now, he could, I didn't say he couldn't get spiritual images. Godly images he couldn't. But he could fool around with Lucifer and get Luciferian images that's out there. That's what people run to because we're created to seek God. So they seek the wrong one. So they get into difficulty. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us this morning arriving to the place that we can believe and trust God totally extremely with our lives and we start receiving. See, I don't care what promises are in the Bible that God's made for you. It doesn't make any difference. Those promises that are in the Bible, and they're there. God's made promises to each one of us in here, in this Bible, in the Word. But it won't do any good. You can't have any of them or the benefits of them until what happens. See, we're talking about good works now. We're not talking about works works from the Old Covenant. We're talking about good works. Remember, we're created for good works. These are good works. You're, the, the promises stay on the page until you transfer them. They have to be transferred from the page into, how does, how does the transfer happen? Romans 10, 6. What does righteousness say? Righteousness says something. Here's how the righteousness, which is a faith, and that's us. Can't take that away from us. That's who we are. The righteousness, which is a faith, speaks on this wise. But what saith it? The word is where? Where? No, no, no. It tells you the word is now you in your mouth. How did it get there? You put it there. How did you put it there? Solid reading doesn't help you a lot. You're better off reading out loud because that's how it gets there. It gets in your mouth, and from there it goes into your heart. What does it do in your heart? It starts creating images. You got it on the page, then you got it in your mouth, then you got it in your heart, which is the word of faith, Paul said, which is the word of faith which we preach. Now, it's in your heart. It's still not complete. It has to be completed. How is it completed? Releasing it right back out of your mouth. Why? Because something happened when it was in your heart. Something happened to you when it was in your heart, connected to your belief. You started to believe it. See, when it's going in, you're not believing it yet. But, but once it gets in your heart, now it's got to come out to affect something. The words have to come out to affect something. When they come out, they come out because you believe them. This is where we have to get into the extreme part of this. We don't just say enough to get by. We go beyond. You can measure how much the Word abides in you by whose side you take in every situation. 
The majority of people who don't know the, who, who have no clue about the word, they default to taking the side against the word. In their conversations, you hear them. And they say things that are obvious, like, I don't have any peace. Why don't you have any peace? Because you're looking for it in the wrong place. It's in you. The peace of God is in every believer. It's there. It's not something you can go buy at Walmart. It's there. But you don't believe it yet because you're looking for something else. You're looking for feelings and all kind of things. No, no, no. You're backwards. The peace produces the feelings. The feelings do not produce the peace. But a lot of time we get things mixed up because how they work naturally. See, things work naturally in the spiritual realm. They work different than they work naturally. And so we have to learn to trust our spirits and the Holy Ghost. But there is a part of that that's vastly important, and that is learning to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, to be able to understand what's your spirit talking and what's your mind talking, what's your natural mind talking. Because both of them are going to be talking to you. Your natural mind talks to you all the time. I heard Brother Hagin saying this many, many times over the years. He'd get over in the natural and say something naturally when he was ministering. Then he would say, now I've got to connect my, make connection back to my spirit. Get out of my natural thinking and start and get back into my spirit. Let my spirit speak to me. Now the Holy Ghost is working with your spirit. There, you can't separate that. See, that's they're, they're together. So you could say it this way. Let the Holy Ghost speak to me. Well, see, what he's going to do, it's all the same now since you've got the new creation. When you were the new creation, you got a, a relationship with the Holy Ghost that's so unique. The Holy Ghost then took up residence in your spirit, and they communicate together continually. To be able to discern what's the natural mind and what's your spirit saying is the key. How do you do that? We already said it. We told you the importance of words. God only uses our spirits to bring revelation to us. He never brings it to our minds. A lot of Christians educate their minds for natural use and never educate their spirit for any kind of use, leaving themselves to fail spiritually. Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of, the, of thy word, talk, speaking to God, the entrance to thy word giveth the light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. The word entering into our spirits, not into our minds, give light. The reason Christians are walking around in darkness is they're filling their minds up and they're not doing anything in their spirit, man, because they do not know how. And a lot of times they've shut the door with what they've been saying. I can't. I don't know. It won't happen. All those things, they're interfering with the results that you need. Because the Holy Ghost is not going to try to wrestle you when you say you can't. Remember what we said earlier this morning when we made a declaration about the Word of God? We said what? I have what it says I have. For you to say anything else contrary to that is to your detriment. It won't work. You have to agree to that. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Well, what does it say you can do? So you have to go in and find out the permission that is given you to do things and have things and say things and say those things boldly. 
say those things boldly that you have received authority. I said permission, but let's go for authority to do. See, we, we have received authority to do these things. The authority comes first, the power comes second. We have the authority, then we exercise the power. We know we have the authority. Why? Because we're new creations. Inside of the new creation comes the authority. There's going to come a time in our life that we're going to need more light. What do we need to do? Get more word. We get more word on the specific subject that we're talking about. It, we're not talking about just arbitrarily opening the Bible and just start reading a page. That's not what we're talking about. The word the word that you're looking for is the Word of God pertaining to the individual situation that you are involved in, whatever it is. And it's in there, but you have to find it. Now, here's where you get some help. The Holy Ghost will help you. This is where praying in other tongues is to your advantage because praying in other tongues is the avenue that causes the Holy Ghost to start searching for the answers that you need. Because see, you don't know how to say what you need. You don't know how to form it up in an actual positive statement. You could probably say it better negatively, but you have to say it positively. You have to say it in a way that's receptive to God. That's why prayers are useless to people who do not know how to pray. What causes things to be receptive to God? Faith. If it's outside of faith, it isn't godly. So how do you incorporate faith in your statements? How do you put faith into what you're saying? Has to do with your belief system. Remember the whole idea here? This is supposed to govern what you think, say, and do. How does it govern what you think, say, and do? You get it into your spirits and you believe it. And against all circumstances, that's what Abraham did. It said against all circumstances, Abraham believed God. What? He was 100 years old and God said, you're going to have children. Abraham could have said, this is not working. But what does it say? The scripture said, Abraham believed God. So how much do you believe God? See, you're not into that position, I'm sure. There's nobody in here 100 years old and God's promised you children. But you got situations in your life that you're standing face to face with right this moment. And you've got to have this tenacity and the belief that Abraham did. Regardless of what it looks like, what it feels like and what everybody else says about it, regardless, you have to believe God. Now, when you're talking about your body and healing, you never put it into the morrow. You never put it into the future. By his stripes, I was healed. Not by his stripes, I'm going to be healed or anything else. It doesn't make any difference. You don't push any of the promises God into the future. It's now. See, faith is now. That's why the whole idea here is when we said a while ago, it's faith that God receives, but it's now faith. If it isn't now faith, it isn't faith. It's just something else. So when you form up whatever it is you're saying to God for reception, for it to be received, it's said in the positive present with conviction in your heart that you believe it so much that it makes no difference what the circumstances are, what people say, what's happening. It's still you believe it enough to stand there in the extreme and believe it. And God is not a man that he should lie. And God's word never fails. 